Nancy, if I have to ride one more roller coaster, you hear me one more <laughs> damn roller coaster, I will unbuckle my seatbelt mid, mid loop, and I will let myself fall to a roller coastery death. See, when you say stuff like that, Brad, I just, you know, it's, it reminds me of what our therapist said. She said, if amusement parks are going to come between you, then, you know, just maybe we're not worth fighting for. Is that what you're saying? Nancy, I'm saying a lot of things. <laughs> but honestly, this has been the final straw. And also, the fact that you had to bring our therapist here with us right now, it's just... I think this is a really great growth moment for both of you. Let's talk more about these feelings about wanting to unbuckle yourself from this relationship. It's, well, I'm, I'm tired. <laughs> I'm just thinking about that thing going on a loop. I'm fearing for my life. No, that's good. Go deeper. Go deeper. <laughs> because I feel if I get on that roller coaster, I will be spiraling forever. That's it. He's had a breakthrough. <laughs> This is the moment to get on the ride. Because Come with if, me. What if it goes too far and we're stuck in a loveless marriage? Nancy, this is no time for laughing. I'm so sorry. It's fine. You know, you're not a member of this marriage. Eat your churro, you jerk. to Mildly Awkward, Honest Talk About Young Adulthood, The Messy, The Marvelous, and The Mildly Awkward. I am your co-host, Corby, and I'm afraid of snakes and everything else. And I'm your other co-host, Maddie, and I'm going to die alone. This is your sound producer, Chris, and I am the human ball of anxiety. And if that sounds needlessly dark, uh, it is because today we're talking about fear spirals. So when you kind of go down a rabbit hole of indulging all of your wildest fears and anxieties and get to crazy town do you guys are you familiar with the you know experience of of fear spirals yes i think um how many it's like seven times a day (laughs) that i have these moments where i freak out usually to my roommates um and they don't indulge i think that's like the first step it's like don't engage (laughs) um yeah i'm very very familiar with them for sure yeah, no, um, it's it's a pretty normal experience for most of us. Uh, and by most of us, I mean myself and apparently Corby as well. Safely so. to say, most of us in this room, including me, yes. Most of us in this room. So everyone in this room. Everyone, in this, everyone room. in this room. By most, we mean everyone. Yeah, so with fear spirals, uh, I think it's always interesting to, to think about what people's specific fear spirals are about. Because everyone has this really... Um, familiar experience of having that kind of when you just are sucked down the hole of your own anxiety but everyone comes at it in such weird and different ways so I kind of want to talk about what our specific fear spirals are it's time to get super vulnerable um so for me I have this specific fear spiral where I'm afraid that if I get married 
I am going to end up um, with ugly kids, <laughs> with kids named like, you know, Lakin and like Brady and like McKenna or whatever with like an IGH in there. And I'm going to move to Forest Lake, which I'm sure is a wonderful town, but I don't really live there. Um, you know, sort of small town outside the cities. And I'm going to marry an insurance adjuster and he's going to really hate his job. And I'm going to look around on Pinterest for like DIYs for our house and it's going to look really ugly. And that's going to be my life for the rest of my life. It's like the people that tried to turn like the rainbow cake into like what they saw on Pinterest it's and it be... just turned into like a brown blob. It, my house is going to be a Pinterest fail. It's going to be like bright teal paint and like reclaimed wood palettes with like live, laugh, love on them. And my like ugly children are going to be doing stuff like, oh, Brayden's doing his like traveling hockey and stuff like that. And it's going to be my life. I mean, this is Minnesota. <laughs> traveling hockey is a real thing. I did traveling hockey all the time. It's a great way to grow up you shouldn't be afraid of that (laughs) (laughs) i just to clarify i'm not coming down on anyone who has these like elements of this as their life like my brother did hockey as well and i'm not at all averse to pinterest but it's like that my life is going to go barreling down this road and i won't be able to control it and i'm gonna wake up in like 30 years and be like what happened wow so that's okay also i had a question so in insurance what what what, who's the person you marry (laughs) Someone who's like an insurance agent, you know, they work for like State Farm or like um, they just, you know, office job and don't really like it because insurance is, you know, you kind of have to be a salesperson, but then you're kind of not. Yeah, but you're also like a good neighbor, right? <laughs> Speaking of which, thanks for <laughs> State Farm for sponsoring this episode. Oh, <laughs> just boy. kidding. They don't like not this. anymore, apparently. <laughs> yeah. and like, she wouldn't marry one of our good, good agents. <laughs> Get them off the list. <laughs> You know, we were number one. We get blacklisted immediately <laughs> two episodes in. This has been the short uh, and spectacular career of us on State Farm. Okay, so That's I have a shared. We... In <laughs> it is. I feel like I have been talking a lot about my personal fear spiral. I want to hear yours. Both of you guys, do you have specific, uh, specific things that you fear spiral about? I just before we go on to that, can I go back to insurance sales? Like, why insurance? I, it just. You know, it's hard to explain. Not all of this makes a ton of sense, as is eminently, you know, apparent. But for some reason, like the idea of someone who like works full time in insurance, it wouldn't be like his passion, right? I would marry someone who had to work in insurance and who was like, all I really, you know, I studied theology and history in college and I really wanted to like do something with that. But I got hired on because my buddy's uncle works at this insurance firm. And then he's just stuck there because he's like, well, now we have Lakin on the way. I have to stay at the insurance firm. Meanwhile, like, <laughs> zoom in to his life and he's fear spiraling, thinking, like, <laughs> all my wife does is get on Pinterest and my kids are stupidly named. And I thought that she wanted to name them that. It just doesn't make any sense. Every day when I go home, our house is ugly. It's yeah. another Pinterest <laughs> fail DIY. It's like a graveyard in there. Like, I'm tired of living and laughing. Come on. <laughs> Is there anything else to do, Maddie? Really? Is there nothing else in this life that's worth things? Oh, gosh. It's just got a layer deeper. Thanks for that, Corby. Mm-hmm. It's all about perspective, honestly. Oh, man. I was, I was just going to say, it's in, it's interesting that you would bring up, like, an insurance salesman. Like, your life is spiraling out of control. But here you are married to someone that can at least, like, protect... <laughs> Like, you know, you can't control what's going to happen, but at least you have coverage. Like, <laughs> like there's some so sort of ironic, there's like actually. some sort of safety net there, right? 
So th- I just thought that was interesting. This is like a really dark short film or something. Like, At least we have insurance. <laughs> oh. <You know? laughs> but like it's you the whole time. Like know, the right? house burns down and it was you. Like... Standing there with a match and, you know, a, an art project. At least we have coverage. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh gosh. It was spiraling out of control. So that made it slightly more vivid and terrifying. Yeah, Thank you so for that. that. So you have more material I to do. think about I do. Time. Next time I go down the spiral, I'm going to be like, oh, remember that other detail we thought of? <laughs> so thanks for that. Um, <laughs> Don't forget him. Um, I think, I, I mean, I have like a lot of different scenarios. And the ones that keep popping into my head are always ones that I had like senior year of, um, of college. Um, and it was just like that idea that I would not get into grad school and then I wouldn't be able to find a job and I'd have to move back to Indiana and live with my parents. And if mom, if you're listening, <laughs> I love you, but I don't want to live there no more. Um, where, where in Indiana are you? Uh, well, luckily <laughs> I'm from Indianapolis, so it's, you know, it's not too bad, but the big city. So you're not going back to like city. the literal middle of a cornfield. No. Um, but my school was in the literal cornfield, oh, no. surrounded by trailers. Was your uh, school a cornfield? Um, Are you sure it was a school? <laughs> was it some farmer's long gone? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> see, now see, we're adding details to mine. Um, it just goes backwards. In r- relation to today, I kind of have that same feeling of like, what if I graduate from this graduate program and have nowhere to go? And then I'm forced to go back to Indiana and leave this life behind just so I can like oh yeah I be think stuck there it's like it's it happens with like every couple of not every couple of years but it's like every new endeavor you take on you think oh this is it this is where all my success ends <clears throat> this is where all my luck runs out this is where the universe just goes nope and just you know smacks me down for my hubris but I I definitely relate to that though I think I had that after college and um after my multiple graduate <laughs> programs that I've been in um but yeah yeah, so I guess for me, most of my fear spiraling um, is about other people and, like, if I've upset them or offended them. Oh, interesting. Or, like, am I going to say the right thing? Like, is it going to be perfect? Oh. Right? Like, and in, so... in what kind of context, though? Are you thinking, like, dinner with my in-laws and I'm like, hey, you sure didn't do a good job raising... I don't know. I mean, not that you would slam your wife like that, but... Um... <laughs> Like, is it in a social situation or is it like you're going to be, you know, doing therapy with someone and you're going to be like, ooh, yeah, that's weird. Oh, yeah. No, like, I mean, not that I would ever say, ooh, that's weird, but just like not know what to say. And so, Mm. I mean, it could be literally anything. Like someone could come to me and be like, hey, I had a really crappy day. Like this, all this stuff happened. And I'll be like, and then I'll like write out like a message and then delete it and write it out and delete and write it out like 10 times until it's like exactly what I want to say and then I'll send it um, and still not feel good about it. (laughs) It's like, it just goes and I'm like, oh God, they're not going to want to be my friend. They're not going to ever come to me for help again, but that's my only like role in friend group. So I'm not going to have any friends and I'm going to die alone. And then, yeah, (laughs) it goes very quickly. (laughs) Yeah. Small spiral there. Yeah. Yeah. No, I relate to that in so many, sorry. I relate to that in so many ways. And just the, I feel like everything I say has to be um, (laughs) not perfect, but it's it's just like a tricky line and like moving here too like being here and not having any friends in minnesota 
and trying to like start new friendships was like the scariest thing because I'm like I'm an adult like it's not like yeah, where I was like really 18 hard. And it's fresh out of, right or like know. even when you're a little kid you're like oh my gosh we're the same age and our moms know each other right. best friends right. <laughs> like yeah. when you're an adult like that all goes out the window exactly so it's like I've already established my personality and then trying to start anew but then like maintaining that yeah I can see yeah. how no okay that brings up another fierce smile that I have because like uh, thinking about making friends and thinking like you know I'm set in my personality I sometimes have this fear that like I actually have no personality that hmm. I just I do stuff right I have interests like I play a lot of D&D for example which is uh, Dungeons and Dragons for the uninitiated um, <laughs> I you know I'm in graduate school I have a career that I really want to pursue I have certain friendships but Underneath all of that, what if I have no personality? What if I'm just like this really bland person and that's just waiting to like be unveiled? We didn't want to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're like super cool. Whatever. Oh, Get out of here. Okay, I realized it sounded like I was super fishing for compliments and no. I did not realize until this exact moment. She's no, but it, I mean, you were just like now. being open <laughs> about your experience and that's cool like I, mean, I don't i don't think that's fishing for compliments i think it's just like this is what i feel and i think i relate to that too i think yeah. like like i'm way more fun when i drink or i'm only fun when i drink like i think that that's like oh yeah you know like yeah. i don't think i have a personality unless there's alcohol in me either that or i don't drink alcohol so maybe i don't have maybe i'm not a fun person like that's my thing because i don't drink and it's not like i'm you know shaming or judging anyone who does i just don't i've never enjoyed it so I wonder, like, oh, am I just like this, this prude or something, you know? Mm. But I did have rosé the other night, for the, and I had three quarters of it <laughs> over, like, two hours. Come on. And my friends were very impressed, because they know I don't drink at all. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll be having a drunk podcast at some point. So. Oh, no. <laughs> It'll be a lot more than rosé. Oh, no. <laughs> I regret everything. Well, I guess, like, kind of going back to what yours was, Chris, just, like, that idea, too, where you're too much and so it's like the opposite of being like not enough like did I say enough or did I do enough for that person but it's just like that idea of like I am laughing too much mm-hmm. or I am like I've spoken so much at this like dinner that we're at or you know like just like that idea where I'm like oh my god it's too much Corby yeah and are they gonna like yeah. hate me where do you think that comes from in us you know like that idea of there's a social situation or like that everybody else gets to dictate for you how much you should be or how little like the fear that oh I have to match everybody else and have that much personality or oh I have to come down to everybody else's level like where do you think that comes from I mean I think for me it's like self-doubt I think that's like at the root of it and I think if you go even deeper than that I think it's like this really like deep down fear of like rejection or something that's what I think it is for me but I don't think that's the case for everyone so doubt and fear of rejection. I guess like, because I'm thinking to some degree that I wasn't very expressive in my like teen years. Like even though I thought that I was just like this ball of creativity, I felt like I wasn't that expressive of it. <clears throat> then getting into college and like realizing some of my potential, I was like, oh, I can like do a lot more and I can be a lot more and I can actually make friends who represent what I want to do. And that part of it was like joining an improv group. I realized like there are like-minded people who think and act the same way as I do. And so I found this like niche and I was able to express myself. But then once that became so common, I was like, holy crap, I'm too much, you know? And so it's kind of like, yeah, just like finding an object that you love, but then you can't put that object down. 
Right. Until, so it's like that's how I felt about my personality, where I was like, oh, I never had this personality until college. Right. Like I'm like, coming into oh my, my own, gosh, and now yeah. I can't stop coming into my own. Almost. Yeah. That's really interesting. And I oh, feel wow. like now I'm somewhat of a late bloomer in the sense that yeah. I still haven't finally picked or like put the pieces together. So yeah, I'm still a little too much. So I'm like, well, when I'm 32, I'll finally be like a boring person. To hang <laughs> no. <around with. laughs> Apparently, so the, the limit is actually my age. You only have a couple more years to go before you become very boring and bland. Um, no, I mean, I don't, I don't ever think in a social situation like, oh, that's Corby. He's just too much. Like, I need a Corby break or anything like that by any means. Thank you. Because I think you temper. Well, no, it's like it's true because you temper being like, yeah, you are very enthusiastic about life, but you combine that. I shouldn't say temper. You, like, combine that with also being a very open person that people can talk to. And that goes for you, too, with Chris. You are very easy to talk to. Like, um, our sound, our content producer, who is not here today, works in the legal field. And she always remarks how easy it is to talk to a room full of counseling students, but you guys specifically. So, um, Very nice. That's a good... Well, Speaking I also you, Nicole. can't accept compliments. Oh, so. no. <laughs> Um, oh, do you ever have the fear spiral when you're okay? I know you're gonna say something, but I want to finish this. Um, the fear spiral that when people are complimenting you, they're just like kind of making it up so that you don't get really sad, or you know, they're like, I know you had a hard day, so I'm gonna try and think of something, and it's you can't really trust it. Well, when you think kind of like about superlatives or something, like our counseling program had those at the end of the year picnic, and it was like, I got like most creative. And oh, it kind of just so makes nice. me, but it makes me think like, is that all you know? <laughs> no. or, <laughs> or I'm like, or I'm like, are are you using that trait to appease me? You know, and I'm like, that's probably not. Oh, is it a consolation prize? Yeah, it's kind of just like, it's like um, he wants to be really creative, yeah. so we're gonna tell him he's really creative. You know? So yeah, that's horrifying. Like Why would I had you think fear. that? I was like, oh, I got most creative, but then I thought like. Why am I not most funny? Like, you know, and it's just like my brain just goes to these like places. I'm like, they had to pick something to make me happy. You know, like, I don't even know. <laughs> and then you get to what? this fear spiral place where you're like, I'm obviously a useless person who's offering yeah. nothing to this. I'm like, what can I use with this creativity? I'm like, you can do so much with That's so it. But like, why? But like, why do we go there? Like, why can't we accept the compliment as a compliment? Why can't that? we believe that and just internalize it and like say, I think I'm really creative, which, I mean, for you, I, I feel like being creative is important. And, and it's, like, actually a thing going. that's real, though. But, like, it's not like we're like, oh, I know Corby really wants to right. be creative. Like, you actually, right. in, in real life, like, you are. This is, this is therapy for me right now. I know, right? Like, this has I been complimenting so hour. so much better. <laughs> we're just all saying, like, rescuing we, statements. I know, right? Like. We <laughs> thought we were going to talk about fear spiraling. We're actually, it's called fishing for compliments with, with the three of us. Special thanks to Steve Higgins for composing our theme song. Find him on Facebook at Steve Higgins Music and follow him on Instagram at steve.higgins. Oh gosh. Um. But no, yeah, why, why do we, why can't we internalize this? Right, or why is it so much easier to like internalize the criticism? Or like, why do I have so many fear spirals where I get to the end of that and think my life is just going to go to shit sort of thing and I don't have like, it's much easier to do that than for me to get on like a daydreaming tangent where I'm imagining like the cute apartment I'm going to have in the city with my practice and my like 12 dogs because that's super part of my daydreams. But it's like it's easier. It's harder to go down that road for me than it is to say to go down like the catastrophe road and like to get down that fear spiral. Not yeah, that that's it's... like a huge revelation that it's easier to think about terrible things, but. I think like, I don't know about you kids, but. Um, love my family 
love what they're doing but it's like i haven't had too many role models in the sense of like what it means to be really successful or to follow your dreams kind of thing and Mm -hmm. so i think like a lot of that i've like internalized of like although i think my family's doing just fine and hopefully are really happy but it's like to some degree i'm like i don't know what following your dreams is in that right, like you don't have a model for, or maybe following it in like in in the path that you wanted to. Like, there's right, not a thing right, where right. you say, "Oh, it's possible they did it" or whatever. Yeah. No, I. That's a really good insight. I think. That's why I think having mentors is a really, really important thing. Or I had a professor, who said like build a constellation of mentors and advisors, and I was like, oh, that's so beautiful. But uh, it, it is important because you're right. You need to like it's it's important to see like okay this this has been this is achievable, so it's not just that it's all going to just come crashing down. Right. So there was this guy that I used to work at the YMCA and there was a gentleman who came in. He had said that for him it was really important to have role models and he had like read some articles that had said if you have five like role models growing up in your life that you can look up to as like mentors and positive adult figures like that, that that's what could be the difference between like maybe having these fear spirals all the time and not being able to bounce back really easily and just being more resilient. I like that idea because it's like a positive step you can take. And because I think sometimes with fear spirals, like it traps you in your own head so much. It's easy to like get enticed by saying, well, I should think myself back out of this thing I thought myself into instead of saying maybe having mentors around or maybe talking to other, like getting other perspectives might help me get out of my own head. Um, Which actually brings me to a question that I wanted to also ask. Um, Have you ever made... Or what is the worst or dumbest decision you've made kind of in the throes of a fear spiral or that was sort of driven by a fear spiral? I think um, in direct reference to my app usage of dating <laughs> apps. <laughs> I've, I mean, that idea where I'm like, I am going to die alone. Um, I'll never be in love. Or I disclaimer, I'm in love all the time. I am not a hopeless romantic, but I am definitely, like, I I believe in love at first sight for sure. Um, but yeah, I think, like, some of the dumbest things is just, like, getting on apps mm. and being like, this is the right way. And it's like... Like, it, this will solve it. Yeah, and it just never yeah. works. Um, not yet. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> not yet. I mean, it's not That's objectively, really... like, a dumb thing to do to use a dating app, but I see what you mean by, like, yeah. I mean, that is interesting. I, I, I mean, I think... I don't know if that's, like, the dumbest thing you could do. You know, like, I think it's, like, reaching out to someone in some way, you know, and, like, trying to just either distract yourself or, like, find that validation or, yeah. Oh, you said dumbest, now that I think about it. I did um, strip naked and walk through a bar one time. What? (laughs) JK. Oh, my gosh, you can't just say that. (laughs) It's, no, it's interesting to hear that, like, your sort of, like, Fear spiral decisions are about getting on dating apps or messaging people. For me, all of my dumb decisions about fear spiraling have to do with not doing things. So like saying, nope, sorry, I'm sick. I can't go out with you guys tonight. Or like, you know, nope, that's going to just cancel that date. Don't want to do that. Or like, nope, I'm going to just pull back and isolate more. Like that's usually the dumb decision I make when I'm fear spiraling. I don't want to like put you on the spot. Are you experiencing like high levels of anxiety in those moments? Um... Yes, for sure with like going out and being sociable because I'm not, I don't usually consider myself a shy person, but there's certain, um, 
I think there's certain like social situations where if it's not really familiar to me, it like just taps into that really specific anxiety I have. Um, and then that's like, oh, this is, you know, what would be easier than facing this would be not going anywhere. So it's sort of like on one hand, Corby, maybe more of like an anxious sort of thing, whereas you're like more on the avoidant side of things. Oh, for sure. Oh, for right? sure. But I think that's, I was very avoidant in high school, like early college. Um, but I think nowadays, like, I'm naturally inclined to just be like, I really don't want to do this, but I'm going to do it. And But it mainly goes back to my idea that, like, I mean, this I haven't said this on the podcast, so it's not a previous <laughs> idea, but I'm very, like, self-conscious about my reputation or, like, hmm. how people view me in general. Yeah. And so I'm like, if I don't go to this bar, even though I am just, like, so tired and I just They'll really take away my superlative of creative. Yes. They'll be like, you're not creative. Oh, you're most likely to miss a bar date. Um, <laughs> oh, but yeah, so That's it's just so kinda, specific. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. That was a real one in high school. Um, but no, it's just, like, now I, I, like, force myself to do it. Yeah. And, yeah, so... I think I do similar things too, where like I'll just like force myself to be a part of things or do things, um, but have similar feelings. Do you ever find that going out was actually like a bad decision or like you just didn't enjoy yourself? I think of the, of the examples that are running through my head, it, it never turns out to be bad per se. Mm. It's more just like there are pockets of like oh, I'm kind of uncomfortable but or something like that but. right I would agree with that I think like with me if I do because I've tried to do more of like okay forcing myself or like I tell um like people in my house like my little sister especially if I have plans because she'll be like aren't you going to that thing like you gotta go to that thing she's very enamored with the idea of me actually doing social things um but yeah I think the worst that's ever happened has been like, I have trouble letting go of the anxiety once I'm there. But, you know, half an hour and then I'm like, okay, this is fine. I'm an adult. Right. Or I can appear to be so. <laughs> the, the dumb things I do are, like, more self-destructive. Like, oh. like Yeah, I know, right? Tell me more. Ooh, and I don't think that that's not common. I think it's a really easy place for a lot of people to go. Um, so I can think of, like, one specific instance in college, like, undergrad, um, where I had, like, a fight with my girlfriend at the time. And like literally was like whatever forget this like took a few shots and started walking downtown in like <gasps> negative 20 degree below weather oh, no. like and it was like a good half an hour walk um oh, no. and i texted my friends who were at a bar down there because i'm like what well, i'm just gonna go get super drunk like hey i'm on my way and they ended up like coming and picking me up because they thought i was oh, being wow. a total dumb person yeah. which i was um you know but i think like that kind of self-destruction not that i'm like that extreme anymore but <laughs> right but it's like that's, oh, that's, certainly it's that's it's there wow well I, this kind of segues maybe in a very indirect way into the next thing i kind of wanted to ask you guys which was have there been um coping mechanisms that have like worked for you or really not worked that you've tried or from, because, you know, our experience is of being in graduate school for counseling. So have you guys picked up anything along the way that you think might actually help? With Fear Spiraling specifically. Drinking does not help. <laughs> um, no, we I, had it in think... class last semester, right? right. That was, yeah. Know. I'm going to sound like such a wimpy wimp wimp. But 
Sometimes just like a good cry. <laughs> Why is that wimpy? That's not wimpy. Wait, I, I need a good cry. I know, like this is when we need Nicole here to be like, oh, that's wimpy. No, not that she would say that. I'm sorry, Nicole. We're bad mathing you while you're not here. Um, no, no, that's I, not wimpy. No, it's it's like I, like I will fear spiral and like pocket. So it's like, for instance, I could be like hanging out with friends and we're like I don't know at a cabin, and there's like a moment like where. If everyone else is like in a different room, I'm like panic now, and oh, then no. it's just like a tear, and then I'm like I'm ready. Like, oh, no. <laughs> but I think I'm getting better at coping in the sense that I deal with it in the moment versus like versus bottling it up deep inside, yeah. or later it will explode. Yeah, and usually what I'm like upset about, I it comes back like 20 more times, you know, throughout my yeah. um, day. But no, it's just like I'm. At least I'm kind of, I don't know if that's a good one, though, but I'm kind of dealing with it in the moment. If you had to, like, just have a good cry or just crack under the pressure just a little bit, like, do you have anyone in your life you think you could do that with? Um, Ryan Gosling. (laughs) (laughs) In particular, watching The Notebook. He's there for you. Okay, (laughs) to clarify, Chris... Uh, I meant like a real person in real life who's supportive and there for you and the you safe saying, person to cry in front of. Are you saying that Ryan Gosling is not a real person? <laughs> she said it here live. I'm on saying, the you know, it's, if people can doubt the moon landing, I'm pretty sure we can doubt Ryan Gosling's existence. <laughs> Heard it here first, folks. Ryan Gosling is a conspiracy theory. I would say I have a roommate who I am somewhat comfortable, like 90 five percent comfortable with i've never like bawled in front of her but um we definitely have like real talks and i'll just be like tearing up or something and it's like yeah it's just nice to be able to like get it out kind of thing Mm -hmm. i think for me i mean there are people i don't know if i necessarily cry all that much like i'll tear up try to hold it back around people but they're like people that i can do that around and then there's people like, I mean, then there's the rest of the world, I guess. Um, but I was going to say, sometimes it just helps me to have, like, a specific activity that we're doing. Like, sometimes I'll go to Button Poetry in St. Paul, and that's a place I feel like I can cry, because everyone there is hearing these deep emotional things, and it's like, I, it's okay to cry here. Or, like, I'll watch a really sad yeah. movie with someone, and I'll, like, cry. But it's okay, because we're watching a really sad movie. You know, it's not, like, me crying you... about my life. Okay, I don't want to, like, trivialize this at all, but I, it's, a, it's, it's something that's was just kind of piqued my interest have you ever intentionally sought out a movie to watch because you're like i think it would feel really good right now to cry yeah really i mean when i need a cry i seek out a movie even if is the notebook your go-to or do you have other ones um probably the notebook that's a big one fox and the hound is also another one oh my one. gosh fox and the hound um <laughs> that's so just like sad. punishment oh my gosh that's, friends, oh right? that just like, wrecks it's me it's just so sad or like i'll seek out very sad things so like last semester one of our professors had mentioned the bridge which is like this documentary on suicide and it's very sad and like i went and watched that um that just sounds corby looks very alarmed right now right yeah that's like seeking out pain versus no but like i need something to like make me cry like sometimes i just can't cry the trigger to like the catharsis that you know is gonna make you feel better i am i am like a cry on cue kind of person so i feel like if i was ever an actor i could like cry thinking about anything so, so you don't need like a, a the same type of seek. like experience to do that but i will tell you the last thing i cried to like on tv watching tatiana maslani in <gasps> Northern black the new episode i was oh. I, like watching her act sometimes makes me cry 
you know, it's just like watching the face of an actor when they're so emotional is like, it is the bee's knees. Like it feels like as raw as yeah, yeah. I think for me, the stuff that like, and we've we've transitioned folks from fear spirals into stuff that makes us all cry. So just you know, come on this journey with us. Um, <laughs> for me, it's like and what helps you know with fear spiraling sometimes as well. Like or what makes me the most emotional, I would say about that is when people are just really like kind and validating for some reason like I think it's part of my inability to accept compliments but if someone was like you know oh that sounds really hard for you or like oh I'm so sad to hear you talk like that I'm just immediately like oh my gosh and then I get stuff crying um but uh yeah that's my trigger I guess some tender love and care yeah there was a point to that and it kind of got lost in the literal tears We're so yeah We're oh no don't even try that <laughs> I understand what you're saying. I trusted I... you. <laughs> Find the Mildly Awkward podcast on iTunes. Subscribe for new episodes dropping every Monday. And leave us a rating and a review. I get that, but like needing or wanting that reassurance or that validation, though. Someone several months ago was like, you're worth something. And I started crying. And I was it's like, like really oh, God, It's hard to no. hear that. And it's like, it's yeah. so simple. But, like, you yeah. hear that and you're like, I can't, I, why can I not deal with this? Or, yeah, or, or you know, um, someone said, like, oh, yeah, you're, you're a pretty empathetic person. And that, that like, wrecked me for, like, a week. And <laughs> I was like, oh, really? But then so. it's like, and sometimes your self-doubt just gets to the point where you're like, when do I accept it? You know, kind of thing mm. where my roommate was jokingly, um, like every I have like this like two step uh process before I can accept anything. So someone's like, Here's a dollar I'm like, No, I'm okay and then they're like, No, really take the dollar and I'm like, All right <laughs> So but I do that with compliments as well. Someone's like, Oh my god, you are you're just the nicest person ever and I'm like, No, I'm not, shut up and they're like, No, you're nice and I'm like, Okay. Like I, yeah. I've got but I've got like much better where I'm like, Shut up, you know, right, I'm like yeah, get yeah, out yeah. of my face. But my roommate was like you are so you're so strong and you'll figure out what's happening blah 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 and i was yeah. like i know and then yeah. she was like fuck you <laughs> no uh, but i think that's like a healthy way to accept a compliment still but okay that like goes into uh, another fear spiral of mine that because it's, it's like okay so you have the one fear spiral about like okay i'm like what if i just end up never making a difference in the world or i end up marrying my insurance agent husband who don't worry it's not his calling that's why it's a problem if it was his calling it would be different but my fears spiraled my rules. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but the, the fear that, like, if I eventually start to believe about myself the nice things people say, like, oh, you're empathetic or you're understanding or you're actually pretty good at this or whatever, that I'm going to internalize that to the point where I can't see any of my weaknesses anymore. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to get to the point where everyone around me knows, oh, she's so arrogant or, like, she is a cold person and doesn't realize it. Right. And, like... It's going to get to the point where I'm the only one who doesn't see that. And, like, that's a huge fear of mine. I am, like, right there with you in this okay. moment. Like, I'm sitting here <laughs> nodding, like, really just big. But, I, yeah, absolutely. I think, like, I don't want to internalize anything because I don't want to become overly confident. Right. It's a double-edged sword. It is. But it's how I feel about DJ Khaled's son. Wait, who, what? Do you know you know DJ Khaled's son, right? DJ <laughs> left turn? I know. Not, not no, personally. But, but it's, like, he's raising this kid to literally be, like, a king like he like everything he says oh, or wow. posts on social media is all like you're the best child in the oh, world wow. like you are the world and i'm like where does that lead it just leads to him being kind of douchey you know or it could be like the other direction he's like i am a gift 
to the world and I'm going to use my power to make it better. But I'm like, I doubt it. Like, it's probably, he's probably going to be yeah. kind of a, a terrible okay. human interaction. That's a really good segue into um, our millennial headline of the day, actually, mm-hmm. because uh, the, um, as you know, here at Mildly Awkward, we, we talk about a millennial headline about millennials, occasionally by, very rarely by millennials, but usually <laughs> about millennials. The one we have today is um, from from The Guardian, and the headline is, it's hashtag not just you. Millennials share their secret fears. So it's just a whole list of just wonderful juicy stuff, but one of them is, I'm worried I'm not as clever or special as I thought I was. Which is like, you know, that sort of thing. If you raise a kid like that saying, oh, you're the best. You're literally like the bee's knees or whatever. Is it, are they going to get to a point in life where that comes crashing down on them? Or I don't know. Yeah. I mean, go ahead. Yeah, like I, yeah, if you're never challenged, like if you never have that moment that humbles you, re- makes you realize that like the world is so much bigger and the universe is so much bigger than you, that's a sort of existential crisis almost. Huh. I think, yeah, like I think you can grow up and, you know, try to run a country. Do you think that there is like a healthy way to fear spiral? To like an existential break almost? Like you have to go down a fear spiral before you can like grow up? I mean, I think it. I think it probably requires like a healthy balance, right? Like, you don't need to be like the most special, unique person in the world, but there are things about you that are special and unique, and like, those are like uh, probably important parts of who you are. Mm-hmm. And there will be other people out there who share those things, but maybe not the exact combination. Um, and that doesn't mean like you should go out and be like, I'm the one and only God. Like everyone, right. listen to my words, but. You know, maybe it is just recognizing that, I don't know, that there are good things about you and there are good things about other people, too. So maybe don't go full Kanye West. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to stop you there, but uh, no. Oh, topical burn. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, We're out of control. I don't know. I'm also just like a cheesy person, so that's... (laughs) They're gonna be like, I'm gonna have, I'm gonna have a, uh, if I get my therapy practice going, I'm gonna have a poster on the wall of you saying like a motivational phrase, like this is my motivational poster. Look into those big blue eyes. Or do you have blue eyes? Yeah. You can't see. Okay. Yes, you have blue eyes. Because he's crying right now. Because he's crying. You can't, you can't see. Through, through, the, through the tears, Chris. Stop crying, please. I'm not crying. We have to call Ryan Gosling to calm him down. That's no, his person. That's the opposite, no. isn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah. I forgot. I'm going to just make this so much worse. You literally just implode. Oh, my gosh. Um, what else do millennials Oh, fear? yes. What else do millennials fear? Wait, I just I want to go back to that one. Like, what do you two think about, like, being special, unique, whatever? I know I'm special and unique. <laughs> just a cute little We kid. have literal recorded evidence that that's not what you think, mister. Okay, well, self-confidence has gone up recently. Um, but like super recently? Like last week, like, I won the lottery. <laughs> oh my gosh, I would not be here. <laughs> no, I, I think I recognize a lot of my talents or whatever, but I think what gets me down is when I don't have motivation to do something creative and then it's like am I really that creative if I can't think of something to do but I think mm-hmm. it's also just like finding my muse and yeah. whatever but I, I know I've had a lot of like writer's block essentially this like recently but yeah I don't know I oh gosh writer's block is its own fear spiral it's that sort of thing because I know you are also a musician Chris so I don't know if you've experienced this as well but like you sort of have that moment where you think like 
have I created literally everything I'm ever going to create? Mm-hmm. It's like, is this the end? Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, when I was younger, because I probably started writing in middle school, maybe, like poetry and lyrics and all that stuff. And like when I was younger, there'd be times in the year, essentially, when like stuff would, I would just be more creative. Or times like when I was staying up really late, when I would just be really creative. And then there'd be times when there wasn't anything at all. And I think like for several years, I was like, oh my God, I'm never going to write anything good ever again. Like nothing is going to like, I'm never going to be inspired. Um, But like, sure enough, eventually it comes around. And so I think I just got used to that pattern. And now I've like accepted it. Well, that's very mature of you. But (laughs) for me, whenever I get, it sounded like a slime and it wasn't. But because whenever I get to the writer's block, I'm like, nope, this is the end. There is no cycle. This is the, the end of the roller coaster. I'm just flying off into the sunset. So. Yeah, no, I just get sad at that point because I'm like, oh, man, like nothing, nothing's happening. And that, you know, but like I know it's going to come. It's just it just That's takes good. a while. We've gotten to that place. Do you guys want to hear more millennial fears? I do. OK. OK, here we go. I'll worry I'll never afford my own home or always have to. It says flat share, but I think it like always have to have roommates. True. For us Americans. I don't know if that's a problem, though. I'm not afraid of that. Like, living with friends? Great. (laughs) No, I have to, like, I feel like I have to get out. I haven't had my own place since I was um, inside my mother's womb. So... (laughs) (laughs) Not where I thought you were going to end that sentence. So, I mean, like, I can't... I can't imagine having roommates for the rest of my life. Is it... Okay, so the fear, um, like from this uh, article, it's like uh, the, the, the person in this article here says, you know, I worry about the effects that this might have on my relationship with the person I love most in the world, sort of always having to live with roommates. But I feel like with the, that specific fear, like not affording to live on your own, everyone is coming at it from a different place. So I want to know from you, like with your urgency to like move out or like have your own place eventually, like where does that come from for you? Like what is the fear behind that? Just delve right into it. Just really, just rip your heart open, Corby. Here we go. Um, I don't know. I mean, I've always, like, considered myself kind of, like, not a loner. Like, not like I'm in the corner. Don't talk to me. But more <laughs> just, like, like I get most of my energy from being alone. Um, and I spent three years in a fraternity surrounded by, you know, all these freaking people. Um and I, as a kid, I, like, shared my room with my sister until I was, like, 14 or something. And so it's just, like, that idea where I, I feel like I haven't had space to myself. And when I did live with my grandma for a while, I had my own room. But it was, like, here comes Carol knocking on the door every day. To get oh, no. <laughs> Carol will never listen to this podcast, so it is okay. <laughs> um, this has become the Trash Carol Corner. Are we doing that now? <laughs> On this week's Trash Carol. Another um, thing. A carol. Uh, air quotes. Yeah, so I, I don't know. I, And then I moved here to Minneapolis thinking like, oh my gosh, like I've gotten away from Indiana. I am starting this life anew. And I had four roommates. And it was just like, it was so much. And then here I am downsizing to two who I love and I adore and I'm so happy to be with. But I'm like... I just want to make, or I guess it's like, I just want to make enough money to be on my own for... So almost like, I want to know that I can take care of myself on my own. Yeah. And actually also move out. Mm-hmm. See, I'm kind of of two minds of that, because I absolutely would like to be like financially solvent eventually and like be able to avoid that. <laughs> why would you want that? But on the other hand, um, yeah, why would I want to do that? But on the other hand, like I had a, a, a couple months, like about four months where my two roommates, who are also my siblings... We're studying abroad in Spain together, so I had the place to myself for four months, and 
I realized very quickly, I never want to live alone again. Like for me, I think it's been such a hard, like such a long journey creating like a community of people I really love around me. I would rather have that around me than to like know I can do it alone. You know, that's. Uh, I literally can't be alone. How do you do it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but it's it's also like, at what point in your life are you, you know, I mean, I guess that's social expectation. Is it like, but... what, at what point should you be able to live alone? Right. Well, okay, if we're talking about fear spirals today, if you never, if, if you have this fear spiral where you're like, I'll never be able to live on my own, like, what's the what's the end of that? Take me, take me on this journey with you. What's the end of that yeah. first while spiral? Um, yeah, that I would never be able to commit to a relationship because I feel like I'm like always like have to be like sneaky or like not necessarily like sneaky is not a word, but more just like oh we can't be like you know in the living room with each other because we share this living room or um, I don't know just kind of like that path of like I can't love <laughs> until I'm alone. You oh know, wow! I don't know, but. Like, you need to get to know yourself on some level and, like, be or like alone. Like, you just or need like... independence to start a relationship or to sustain yeah. one, I guess. I, yeah, oh. both. All three. All, all of those things. <laughs> all of the above. We just have a buffet of fear. This is great. Yeah, I don't know. I just feel like, like, as of right now, like, in living in a fraternity and trying to have a relationship is very tricky. Um, or at least one that you feel okay everyone knowing your business. And that's how I feel like once, like, just moving out, like, if I start a relationship right now, like, even if my roommates don't probably, like, for instance, one of my roommates is dating someone, and although we're not, like, always in her face, but it's just, like, that idea where... Like, other people are in your business, kind of. Yeah. And whenever her boyfriend's home, it's like, he's our boyfriend, you know? (laughs) It's like, this, like, like, weird feeling that I'm, like, I have to interact with him as well, because, like, he's, like, in this different realm versus maybe when she goes over there, but, and I, I mean, I'm not trying not to, like, I'm not gonna pry. No, I know what you mean, yeah, but it's, like, it's almost that sense of, like, it's not just yours, or it's, like, not just your thing, like, you have to share with other people who you And, like, maybe I should just go around just, like, ignoring him and just being, like, oh, I don't, you know, whatever, but... You have to be cordial. It's my There's own. probably like a healthy balance to all of these things. What? Like we were talking no. about, right? There are no healthy balance. <laughs> like you just get say out like, of here, Chris. Hi, how you doing? Okay, I'll leave. <laughs> oh, no. I'll be alone. Oh, I'll no. face my greatest fear. Oh, God. Exposure therapy. We've done it. We've, we've spear spiraled. <laughs> spear spiraled. I spear spiraled. Okay. I meant fear spiraled. Oh, gosh. This is rough. No, yeah, the, like, 10 minutes driving over here alone was the scariest moment of my what? life. And Get every time I'm alone, oh my gosh. it's, like, the scariest moment I think of we have life. different issues. This is not so much of fear spiraling as, uh... Help? Okay, uh, help. Inter- we all love you very much. This is an intervention. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I can be alone. I just suck at being alone. Oh, That's my gosh. Um, okay, so... <laughs> Real quick, I guess I kind of want to ask, I mean, we've talked about why it's so, like, enticing, because it's so much easier to go down a fear spiral than it is to, like, daydream about how great life is. But I kind of want to know from you guys, do you, like, is there a line between fear spiraling and then actually legitimately planning for the future? Like, for example, I could, I fear spiral a lot about, like, yeah, maybe I'll never be independent or something. But it's also good, I think, on some level to think about the future and think, you know, how am I going to pl- be planful about my life? But I don't know. Do you think it's it's a hard line to walk? And I want to know your thoughts. Um, yeah, I mean, I think there is such a thing as like mindful planning and maybe even mindful spiraling. Like the time that you spend in the future or the past is like 
it, it you just need to be mindful about what you're doing there literally the word planning freaks me out oh, i boy. i'm not a planner it just it bothers me to even like to think about the future so like thinking about the future about because there's so much there's just there's so much in the air that i can't like yeah. up in the air that i just like well that's why i ask it because i think it is such a, a fine line between planning and then going into a fear spiral and like yes it's good to i think be planful but it's for me and i think maybe for you as well it's very easy to slip right into fear spiraling well i think a lot of the fear spirals that we have mentioned are like things you can't plan for you can't plan who you're gonna meet and marry i mean you can i, mean, I guess you can say gonna be? <laughs> you can say no as in like that's no, I'm not gonna marry you but it's like you're not gonna really plan who you fall in love with and uh, perhaps like your financial situation, you can't really plan that. You can hope that you continue to rise and you know make more money or or stay where you are, depending on what you want to do. But yeah, there's just there's so much. I think, I mean, I, what you're saying, I think, is like the difference between predicting and planning. Because yeah, you're right. You can't predict like Ooh, who good, you're gonna fall in love with. You can't predict what what your financial situation is gonna be. But I think you can like make steps towards it. So if you're like, you know what. I want to be making this much a year. So I'm going to go to this graduate program or I'm going to like try to aim for these types of jobs. So what do I need to do, get, like get there? And then like finding all those steps, right? Like that's planning to me. Predicting I think is a lot scarier because you're already jumping all the way to the end and just ignoring like all these things in between. I like that distinction. I think sort of trying to keep in mind what are the steps I can actually control. Uh, but on the other hand, I think it's hard because life is very rarely that linear. You know, like I, um, I was in a graduate program before this one that was more, you know, on the face of it seemed more profitable to, to work in, but, um, you know, you can't plan for hating it or not wanting to work in that field or, you know, having a major existential crisis or whatever it ends up being. So Absolutely. that complicates it, I think. Um, but I don't want to let go of planning cause I have a very, <laughs> I like to plan as well. No, I would agree. I don't. I, I think you're right. There are going to be things like it's the chaos theory of career development, right? Like, oh gosh, things are going to just be like thrown at you, and you're not going to be able to control them. And hopefully, it's something that you know maybe you can bounce back from. And it will be something you can bounce back from because this isn't like the end of life, you know? Right. Right. Um, right. Or is it? Or is it? Okay, we've got <laughs> okay, to hold on, down. Hold on. We gotta back bring up the, the mood up, up here the a little bit. <laughs> But no, it's yeah. I don't know. I mean, I get, I get it. It's just more, and I'm, I'm more of like a, a natural, like I, I prefer to improvise more than plan. And so it's like the idea of like me sitting down and being like, this is how much blah 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 makes, and blah. blah. It just like that freaks me out because I'm like, I mean, I'm not gonna make like this is not a number that you know yeah. is going to be the number I make. Yeah. And even then, yeah, like you said, there's so much like variation in life. I think in a way this might go back to resiliency too, saying like, are you in a place mentally or do you have people around you that can help you through once you start to go through the sort of choppy waters of life? <laughs> um, well, that was, I just, I like, that was something I didn't mention earlier too, when we were talking about like, well, the good and the bad of like, how do you cope? Yeah. Like social support. I mean, even in our program, we like have talked about every single disorder in the face of the earth. And, like, having social support is, like, the one common factor between them. Oh, yeah, it's always up there. You like, know? you want a freebie Everything on an exam? Social support. support. And so I, th I think that's the same thing, exactly, because, like, I've been even looking at, like, imposter phenomenon, which I think, t like, ties <gasps> imposter syndrome. Oh, yeah, my gosh, yes. It ties perfectly into, like, self-doubt. Am I going to, like, make anything? Do I belong here? You know, am I going to have an impact in this life? And for most people in that situation, 
just talking to someone about it actually helps. Like reaching out to a friend or a mentor or somebody, just like having someone in your life you can talk to, not only, I mean, if they're in the same position as you, like they're going to not only hear what you're saying, but also probably feel similarly. I just yeah. want our listeners to take a moment, pause the podcast, and name three people they use for social support. No, but but really, I mean, that was we, actually kind of a cute idea. I like we it. kid, Let's but that's it. actually really good. Yeah. You know, but really pause it. Why are you still listening? Yeah, like what is wrong with you? We're just are not, you having no. trouble with you know hearing us and our instructions? There are and, three people in this room right now. You could talk to all three of us. It's not hard. Call in. We don't have one of those. <laughs> this is not live. We have no phones. Put it on our Facebook page, and we'd love to. Yes, actually, yeah. yes, that is yeah. actually a good idea. Let's do that. Yeah. Have a question, suggestion for a topic, or maybe you just need some mildly awkward advice. Shoot us an email at mildlyawkwardpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. I kind of wonder sometimes, I was having a discussion about this with one of my family members, and um, because our mom is a very, my mom is a very big fan of tough love. So when we start to do uh, sort of the fear, kind of like, well, what if this happens? What if that happens? She goes, no, don't indulge yourself with those thoughts. <laughs> and I love that. I know. For Kana, she is Argentine, so it's a very, she likes to yell. It's like loving yelling, you know, tough love yelling. Um, but it's like, no, don't indulge those thoughts. But, but the, for some other people, like I think my school of thought more is um, go through all the way to the end of that fear spiral and then take a step back and say like, really though? Like do a little bit of a reality check. What, which one do you think is better, or do you think that there is one that's better? Like, is it better to just stop it, like do a little thought stopping, or to say, like, no, let's talk it all the way through? I think, I don't think either is better. Like, one, they're probably both helpful for different types of people, right? And I know I'm, like, taking the neutral stance, which is, like, the <laughs> easy like, way out here. Wow, Chris. <laughs> way to, <laughs> way to make a true, statement. Right? Like, that's why... You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> it depends. For me, I think it's more about challenging it. So I think that's where I fall. Like not saying, okay, just don't even indulge that, but saying, no, what do you actually think is going to happen? Right. Like actually sort of entertaining it and like challenging that thought and being like, okay, what's the reality of this? And, you know, are you just like smiling right now or is there some truth in it? And usually there's no truth in it. Right. Or maybe like a little bit. Or if there is like a kernel of truth, like it goes all the way down to something else. Like sort of Mm -hmm. my, my fear spiral about you know, getting married and living in Forest Lake and having ugly children with weird names and all that. Maybe at the core of that, it's something else is going on, something saying, like, I'm worried that I won't actually be able to hack it as a counselor. And, like, that's something you would want to talk about. Mm-hmm. Not right this very second. After you both looked right at me. No, that, I, I <laughs> like, I think about practicum coming up this oh, fall. And so for those of you that don't know, um, we, all three of us will be in a practicum um coming in the fall and it's yeah essentially an internship where we'll be practicing counseling skills like we will be the counselors real real therapizing of others and um that's like i keep thinking about the first moment i walk down into the waiting room and like call someone's name like (gasps) hello corby like come on back with me i would not be there and then i literally (laughs) scenario makes no sense (laughs) (laughs) but then i literally like poop my pants like on the way back and i mean you know like all the bad things happen or like i sit down in the like across from them like um, can you help me today? Like, oh gosh, you know. yeah. Oh my gosh. I oh, that's so true. Just avoid true. saying that for sure. <laughs> avoid Step saying, one. can you help me today? What? Also, yeah, like don't sit down and say that. No, yeah, obviously. Right. <laughs> no, but I totally get what you're saying. It's like that sort of intense feel like, oh, this is, I'm going to be unmasked. Have both of you experienced 
feelings like imposter phenomenon feelings. Yes. Y- yes. <laughs> yes, sir. That's affirmative. <laughs> I was just going to Can you? Can you? So that's I, right. I mean, I have it. <gasps> uh huh. <laughs> We're being so mean to you right now, Chris. Okay, go ahead. What was there a follow up to that? It's fine. I'm just kidding. No. Um, <laughs> um, so I was just going to say, like, for me, I can pinpoint the moment that, like, I spiraled down into that self-doubt. Can you pinpoint a specific moment? Wait, like, on average or, like, it was in the fall semester in I can, like, literally, professor- I was reflecting on empathy in individual counseling theories. And I started worrying that I am not empathetic enough. <gasps> Which is like the most empathetic thing to okay, worry about. Okay, that's goofy right? talk. It Coming is goofy. From it's, you, it's, like... it's totally goofy talk. But, but like it was the moment that I was like, oh my god, am I wow. like, do I care about other people? Am I present with other people? And I just like fell apart from there. Oh wow. Oh, I don't know if I can pinpoint. I mean, hmm. Let me think about that. I think it wasn't. Hmm. I think the the imposter syndrome type of thing didn't hit me for a really long time in this graduate program because coming from like a different program and like a different field, like I still work in that field and I spent so long like clawing my way into being able to work in the counseling field. I just reveled in like making it there for so long because I think like the sort of imposter kind of symptom came probably around when everybody was trying to get practicum sites and stuff like that because I was doing my patented Maddie uh, stress procrastination where you like are so stressed <laughs> out you don't do want to do anything um and I was just sitting there thinking like what if I'm the only one without a practicum site like they're all gonna know that I am all talk and like no business you know because I I love talking as is very apparent by the fact that I have you know have been talking a lot on this podcast um but yeah I think it was that moment where I thought oh my gosh I'm all talk that's all I am I'm no action at all and I do have a practicum site for those of us who are very worried. Um, and I, I, I really like it and I'm very looking forward to it. But, you know, good question, though. Gorby? I, I feel like I'm an imposter every day of my life. Um, no, I, I can't pinpoint a moment. That, but I, I do feel like I'm not prepared to be a counselor or, like, not... Yeah. I don't have the right skill set or the right expression of those skills. Um, just because, like, when I really think about it, I'm like, yeah, I've, I've got these skills or I've got these, like, an ability, but I feel like I'm not very good at expressing it in a way that is going to actually be helpful in the counseling field. So I guess so. for, like, the three people from our cohort listening to this podcast, <laughs> like, guess. you're not alone, right? Yeah, like, I yeah. mean, that's if the message here. Like, we all well, really, anyone, I think, especially, like, with a new job or with a graduate program or starting, like, any new endeavor, it's it's really hard not to feel like, oh, I'm going to be unmasked, like, when you're starting something out. But that's why I think it's important to, A, talk to other people about it because it's so much, it's like, it, you know, you get a shared burden is a much better burden, I think. And then, B, like, you know, recognize the pattern in yourself a little bit and know that this isn't always rational and it's okay to feel that, but you don't always have to believe yourself. Okay, so to end this, to try to end it on a more positive note, we're going to play what sounds on the face of it like a very negative game. Um, it's going to be rapid fire, fear spiraling. Listen to how I said that correctly. Um, <laughs> and uh, so I'm going to say like a word or phrase and you guys have to think of what the fear spiral would be that you would have. Are you ready? Okay. So ready. Animals. The first thing that came to my head was being attacked by a snow leopard. Specifically a snow leopard? Yeah. 
Like, what context would you be attacked by one? I'm, like, I'm a, I'm a sexy scientist. <laughs> <laughs> okay, how about kids? Yours or others, I suppose. I'm going to raise a sociopath. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that was a statement. That was, I know, that was not a fierce spiral. He is that was going a, to raise. It sounded like a plan more than anything else. It was like on the agenda. Bye, Milk. Uh, say hi to, you know, my Step professor. Step one, my child, will, sociopath. my child will never learn object permanence. <laughs> See, that's less dangerous. If you had a sociopath who didn't know object permanence, you like your victims could play peekaboo with you. And then I'd be like, dang it, another one got away. What the heck is this? All right, kind stranger, you can leave my house. I don't know how you ended up here. So it's a win-win. We so solved if it. you achieve both of those fear spirals, you're home free. Don't even worry about it. I think, like, being a hypocrite in front of your kid, so, like, preaching one thing, but it's like, like, I just, like, that idea where you're like, you can't, like, don't go out and party with these people when you're in high school, but then it's like, you know, meanwhile, I'm drinking a glass of wine before bed, and, you know, I was a partier in college, but I don't know, so, like, trying to, like, make sure that they're not throwing their life away at such a young age while avoiding the conversation on the fact that there were plenty of nights when you were younger that oh yeah you know oh. weren't so great you know i mean i think that's like when every parent as as three non-parents here <laughs> i can Expecting. pretty much tell you um uh, no i think a lot of i think i don't think you're alone in that fear by any means i think i mean i think we all know my specific fears about with children they're gonna have ugly names <laughs> that's <laughs> the be horrible that's ugly people. i'm all for that it's one. gonna be like michaela like with m like k y e i g h l a h or something and that's are you gonna just be throwing name. out ideas just... and your like husband's like no it's <laughs> michaela <laughs> i'm gonna be it's gonna be one of those things where it's like a pregnancy thing or something it's just gonna be like lodged in my brain that that's the only name i will agree to <laughs> and then i'm gonna like snap out of it in like five years and be like what have i done no i think the only like rational thing here to do is to name your child heather <laughs> sweet 16 pink hummer <laughs> bitches <Like that. sighs> do you want to do one last rapid fear spiral yeah, let's mm-hmm. do it okay technology to some degree, like that idea that technology gets past us and we can't keep up because we're the old people then, you know? <laughs> like, like, oh my gosh, like having the equivalent, I okay, I totally just told this to me, but like the equivalent of like an old person who doesn't know how to use email, like I'm going to do that to my kids and be like, teach me how to use the holographic 3D happen. Skype. I mean, I think we're going to be a little more um, minded in that direction of technology. But you don't but know, like it, it moves know. so fast. I'm going to yeah. be like, oh my gosh, Grandpa, everyone has a microchip in their earlobe. And you'd be like, when I was your age, we <laughs> typed it on the email. <laughs> um, I think for me, it would be, did you hear about Elon Musk like creating mm-hmm. for Tesla like that hyperloop between Wait, New York City and Washington? It's going to go like, like 700 miles per hour or something like that. Like, that's crazy. You get there in like 35 minutes or something. That's crazy. Right. So that's going to happen Mars. and I'm going to ride it, but it's going to tear like an opening in the space time. Oh, <laughs> no. And I'm going to like fly through it and disappear. Oh my gosh. From? Okay. So back up for me here. I'm Okay. So first this loop has to get finalized and right. then you're going to be on that loop. Yes. You're going to be going so fast, and it's not an auto accident. There's no one else in the train, by no, the way. It's no one just else. Me. It's just you, it's just and him. there's going to be the rich space and time. They were like, we need uh, like 
getting we paid. Need a we need a beat man to be on this train to see if they can survive. And they're going to choose me. <laughs> <laughs> and then the universe senses, oh, there's a meat person on this train. And right. then the universe, where would you end up? I would end up probably in either another time period or a parallel universe. It's one of the two. One of the two. Like I mean, everyone I... has a goatee and it's very evil and you're like, oh, I've obviously made it to the Star Trek very <laughs> dimension. I find my like evil goateeing self like. <laughs> yes. You have to make an alliance to get back because his evil goatee. Well, you have, well, no, you have a beard, but you're his evil clean shaven Chris friend has also right. gone missing in a freak accident oh my God. on the loop. <laughs> oh my gosh. We've made it. See, that's plausible. That, that, that could happen. It could happen. Tesla happened, right? can do anything. They can, they're going to Mars and to alternate universes next. Oh All right. Should we bring this, this fear spiral to a, to a conclusion? Yes. So we can get back to the scary reality. Get back to actual, <laughs> real, fearful things that are happening in real thank life. Thank you for allowing us to escape for an hour or so. Yes. Thank you so much for joining us here. And I know it was a little bit of a, of a downer episode, but we had fun. So once again, this has been Mildly Awkward. We appreciate you guys listening in. I have been your co-host, Corby. And I have been your co-host, Maddie. And I have been your sound producer, Chris. Tune in next week as we explore another topic on young adulthood and prepare for the messy, the marvelous, and as always, the Mildly Awkward. Special thanks to our sponsor, Acacia Counseling and Wellness. Check them out online at acaciacw.com for your peace of mind.